and what you know like we along with like other builders in the last two two years have been focusing on is that how do we solve those problems you know how do we solve for scalability how do we solve for privacy how do we solve for like you know like fees in general how do we solve for ux and and where we are kind of getting into in the next like two three years is more towards making sure those those mistakes that we have done in the last two years not there and we from alpha we, we reach to a beta version where these applications you know, reach out more users Hey everybody, Tanner here with Wagme Ventures. On today's episode, we have Anikit Jindal, co-founder at Biconomy. For anyone who's new, this is the Wagme Ventures podcast, where we do snapshots with interesting builders, founders, and investors from across Web3. Check out wagmeventures.io to learn more about the syndicate behind the podcast. But for now, let's get into it with Anikit at Biconomy. All right. Hey, everybody. This is the Wagme Ventures podcast. I'm here today with Anikit Jindal, who is the co-founder at Biconomy. Anikit, how are you doing today? What's going on? Thanks a lot for having me, Dan. I'm doing good. Hope awesome. you're doing well at your as well. Definitely. Yeah, I'm super pumped to chat. I know this is going to be a really interesting conversation just based on the cool stuff you guys are doing. So maybe just by way of introduction, I you've had a kind of fascinating journey as I was researching you a bit. You've worked at Binance. You created the Middle East first weekly crypto podcast. You're an advisor to Matic Network. But I, I think I'm curious if we could go back to the beginning. How did you get into crypto and what does your evolution in the space look like leading up to, to starting Biconomy? Yeah, absolutely. And the way I describe it, my, my journey into crypto is I call it like Chinese serendipity, like happened to be at the right time, the right place. Had no plans to do crypto or anything like that. Was was doing like family business back in India. Like we have, I call it like web dynasty kind of a business doing furniture. Came to came to China, got a scholarship to, to study in like a Chinese university called Fudan University. And it was back in like 16, 17 when things were just getting started. All people used to talk chat about was ICOs and, and Bitcoins and all this kind of stuff. And that, that kind of got me entangled, but like I was interested just to learn more about like how everything kind of works it's quite funny like i i happened to call called cz like in, in 2017 and no uh, happened to join binance like the very next day and i was like okay because like binance is not like binance that we all know of it was just like a small exchange in china that was just trying to survive the market or kind of kind of grow in this market i was like okay like it'll be a good learning experience for me i was like an intern there like basically i used to do everything and from that like i could like probably like never look back the original plan was just to like earn some money and just go back to the family business but a few months in Binance kind of changed my life and I switched my career to totally to crypto so it's it's like a very different journey fascinating okay awesome so tell us a little bit about the genesis of Biconomy then maybe starting with like how did you land on conviction that this was the right opportunity for you in particular to invest your precious time and effort into Surely, surely, surely. As I said, right, like I was, I was working for Binance and spent like a couple of months there. Like after like leaving Binance, I happened to come back to India. Like the main motive of maybe like just explore the opportunities in India, start something of my own. Like the hunch was always inside me to start something of my own, but I wasn't sure like what I had to do. Came to India, like start meeting like a lot of founders in India, start talking to like developers and people building. This talk, I'm, I'm talking about like, 2018 when there was nothing in the ecosystem there were yeah. basically a like few chains trying to survive so i was like just exploring like what we can do in the space and part of along with the journey I happened to meet sandeep like founder of polygon we, we did like discuss like a lot of ideas in in the space altogether but one thing that just got stuck to me was like the ux part of things because i still remember like 2018 when i was like like okay if i have to use metamask how many days would it take me like back then it took me like three days just to get used to it 
and then you yeah. should consider myself as fairly like crypto mid savvy sort of a user i was like it's it's taking me like three days to use like a normal wallet application can't imagine this to like be used with my mother or like anyone who doesn't know about crypto so sure that was a starting point for me just to think more about ux in general and how it should be and and i was like you know if there's going to be like multiple blockchains and people are a lot solving around the gas issues and scalability side of things there needs to be like an entity who's thinking about more holistically couldn't find anyone doing it there were like bunch of people trying to do it in house with their own apps and uh, and that's how like biconomy got started with the main aim of how we can make apps more mainstream how we can simplify the simplify the li- life of developers and make it extremely simple for anyone to use in blockchain application so from the beginning the idea had always been the same of course we had like multiple pathways of reaching there but from day one the main motive was like making sure that we provide like a generalized platform for developers to solve the the ux issues love it okay perfect so with that context i'd love to talk maybe more in depth about biconomy so how would you describe or explain what biconomy is and and what it's enabling right now and maybe a tiny bit too on just like where you started in terms of offerings and then where you're at now surely just just like a layman's crypto layman's kind of a way biconomy is a account abstraction platform that is providing wallet as a service uh, and making uh, the life of application developers uh, a bit easy when it comes to like user experiences how we started and where we are right now let me like give you like a background of that journey like we just started off just thinking of ux more from like a transaction standpoint like back then in 2020 like when we first launched a product there was no defi there was no nft there was nothing right there were like just few apps just trying to survive in the space and i was like okay what is the like the biggest issue like everyone is facing right now to use these apps a lot of people chatted about like private keys is becoming a big pain but like with crypto savvy users that was still fine gas was becoming like one of the major issues that we found after chatting with multiple dapps and users that gas was always confusing to people in order to use an application even if they liked the application or not there was like a onboarding fees in terms of gas everyone used to pay it's not only that like like the the dollar amount was also fine but it was the harassment of like procuring their asset doing kycs and moving on to the application was was thing forever so like okay if you have to look at web2 models if you have to look qualify if you have to look youtube had they asked for like from subscription fees we wouldn't have seen like millions of users using all these applications right like still like you can access videos for free of course there are like different models of monetization later on but major applications the human mindset is more like trying it first and then paying paying it later uh this is what we focus on and solve the gas 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 issue in the in the, in the first phase we we launched this product we call it gasless where like and users never had to pay any gas fees basically like this fees were like subsidized by the dapp developers themselves and this kind of like took off i still remember like the first protocol we integrated was in curve pool so curve like launched their like few pools and few of the pools were gasless and they saw like surge in like tvl there like once they stopped like users to pay for the gas fees and then like eventually like it went from curve to like dydx to sandbox to like decentland over 200 plus applications started using the product and we were like kind of like found the pmf and like multiple chains as people were integrating and eventually like we thought of like okay this is probably like this 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 proves our theory right that people definitely like care for ux quite a lot but this is definitely not the end level solution there's a lot of ux components involved while 
we thinking of onboarding and doing transactions on chain then like we evolved our product and like we we looked at account abstraction like we got into the earlier ethereum community we chatted with like like people who wrote the 437 white paper we chatted with vitalik as well around it so then like our, our journey evolved into account abstraction and now we where we are right now we offering like a full stack a solution where we have smart contract wallets we also have the necessary infra that is needed to run smart contract wallets like uh, pay masters and bundlers and we we provided all in a single testing and apart from it like we also have developer dashboards and we have built our products in a very modular way so they can use a- a- any part of our component that we offering things that we are betting on is that we are all in smart contract wallets and we strongly believe that the next phase of dapp adoption is where like smart contract wallets going to become like mainstream in dapps so that's a that's a huge bet we are taking definitely okay fascinating Hey everybody, quick thing here. We're excited to announce Wagney Advisory, your home for all things fundraising, hiring, and partnerships. This is all about supercharging your project with the Wagney network consisting of over 20,000 executives, investors, and builders in crypto, all ready to come alongside your project to help it succeed. Get in touch at team at wagneyventures.io to learn more and figure out if Wagney Advisory is the right fit for your project. Now, let's get back to the show. So I'm really curious, from your vantage point, as you look towards maybe like the next year to five years, say. As you envision it, what happens to the crypto space if Biconomy is more widely distributed at scale? Because I feel like it's it's it might sound like a silly question because it's the UX problem is so significant. And so I think the obvious answer might be like, well, a lot more users, right? End users. But I'm curious in a little bit more granularity how you would engage with that. Yeah, I think that's a really good question. And we think about it also at the time regarding like because right now we are just live on like few chains. We we never went live on Solana. We never went live on ZK basic systems. I think firstly, what would we see is there will be like a lot of transactions happening on chain. So not only like increase in users, like we'll definitely see like increase in revenues happening on different ecosystem because ultimately we see ourselves as growth drivers for different applications and chains because we make it extremely simple for people to use these applications and using in crypto means like doing transactions. So you will definitely end up seeing like more transactions on a daily basis happening on chain. Apart from it, right, like you'll see like more kind of use cases emerging in the ecosystem because a lot of use cases uh, might might not just not just happen because the UX is super bad. For example, like I'll quote you an example, right? Like one of the customers we have is like a perp aggregator, right? Like back then, like they were not able to aggregate like perps on Optimism and Arbitrum together in a single account where user can just sit on an account and they can trade on Quenta and GMX all together. But with us, like they were able to make it happen. So more multi-chain kind of use cases become very possible using smart accounts. And you'll end up seeing like more and more use cases and more and more different type of applications by economies more widely adopted. Got it. Super interesting. Okay. So I think one interesting piece of recent news is it touches on something you mentioned already, which is the modularity of what you guys offer. And it's the launch of the module store, which I believe was announced, I think, last week at the time of recording here. That's right. So I'm, yeah. I'm curious, can you, yeah, maybe talk to me about the thinking there, what that enables, how that all works? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And this that, that had been in works for quite, quite some time, but uh, fortunately, it just went live last week. We were supposed to in Turkey do the launch, but we, we had to cancel the plan last minute. Did it like online. Oh man! Uh, but uh, <laughs> so smart accounts, like we feel like smart accounts is just like a journalist account that probably doesn't have that much of a value. Just plain vanilla smart accounts, and the way we envision it is that like there'll be like different modules building on top of smart accounts, 
And that's where like application is going to be getting integrated. L- let me like give you like a very simple example of it. So one of the customers that we have, they want to have session keys, right? Like what session key is basically like on smart account, you give access to a third party for like a short duration of time. For example, like you have been using, let's say Uniswap and you give me access for like 15 minutes to do trades on your behalf. Uh, this is like a use case that is possible through a module on smart account. So that's something what we launched where we we envision that there'll be like different developers building different modules on 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 the smart account and app developers will be like using those modules account along with the smart account. So uh, a web2 analogy of this is like a Google Chrome extension store where you can have different extensions to your Google account the way you want it. Similarly like with the models so like application developers guys like Uniswap, guys like Awe, guys like Fintech, all, all of these applications in the idle state, they're going to come to that module store. They're going to integrate like my economy's wallet or XYZ wallet. And they're going to pick like what sort of user journey they want to have and how they want to see the UX there and going to pick the modules accordingly. So in the current phase, like we are the one building all the modules, but how we envision it to take, how we envision next six months going to be for that is we'll be having like a supplier side where there'll be like developers will be like building modules and like having their own like models around it and there'll be like application developers will be like picking those modules and integrating for the models so you want this model so to be like the go-to developer platform for anyone like who, who want to like build like a better application and thinking of wallets in general very cool okay so i'm curious just given you you have i think a unique window into this i'm curious like how do you feel the competency of crypto users has changed in relation to the complexity of the ecosystem since Biconomy's inception? Because you guys have been around for for a little bit. And so I'm curious, just your perspective on how maybe the average kind of crypto native user is interacting with all these various products. Yeah, I think it changed drastically, honestly, in the last couple of years. Back then when we got started, a lot of people were just confused that is gas like gasless is really really needed or not because cryptos have been used back then were like very much like in the favor of paying gas and they they had like all these kind of concerns that like if someone else is paying with the gas is it secure is it not secure like people were skeptical about it and the use cases back then were like also very limited right like the use case was only like maybe like doing a swap or yield farming all this kind of stuff but i'll say like with alternative l1s and you know l2s emerging in the market we definitely have seen like a drastic change in like crypto users and in fact like application developers as well because I, I remember like when we when we went live on ethereum during like phase one we got integrated with curve and few other applications but then our growth plateaued because no one was ready to pay the fees and everyone's like why to pay the fees we'll go bankrupt uh, like if we keep on paying like tens of dollars for users and and it was DeFi summer like the gas fees were crazy so we were like okay this is how it's gonna be maybe like we failed in a product as like ecosystem matured and we saw like alternative L1s and cheaper L2s are like, you know, very much willing to pay, subsidize the gas fees because this was resulting into like a direct business. So what what was like a good to have eventually turned to a must to have in like some of the L2s. And that's how like we saw like change in like a mindset of uh, developers building in the space. And also back then, like people were building applications with a mindset of like MVP or like an alpha product, right? Like no one was thinking of long-term applications or like an application that any like normal Tom, Dick and Harry can use. 
but now like people spend like a lot of time just thinking about product more holistically think more about how users are going to be interacting with them and they really care about you know, the entire transaction flow so we have definitely become much more mature and much more product centric than we were like back then it was all maybe like engineering centric or trading centric mindset but now it's, it's like very very product centric in terms of how the applications are emerging in the markets love it okay very cool so I'm curious, this is a recurring question here on this podcast, but I'm always curious, early days, what were maybe one or two challenges that kind of defined the earliest period of, of getting things going? And how did you and your team think about solving for those challenges? First year was like full of challenges, man. <laughs> like we never thought yeah. we're going to survive the year because we had no money. I, if, I, if I tell you a burn for like six months, you probably won't believe. Our burn was like $15,000. That was a burn. Oh, man. <laughs> and we were like, okay, like, and, and we had like a team of five people. So it was, it was like every day, it was just like probably like next month, we're going to shut down or probably we're going to close. So, yeah. But overall, like, this is all like operational challenges. But when it comes to product, the major challenge was just getting the validity because we were building in a space where there was no DeFi, there was no NFT, there was like very few applications and they were thinking about UX overall in their own ways. So just getting the validity of what we're trying to do actually makes sense was like 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 very difficult overall. And and for us just to navigate like how we can validate what we're trying to do was always like a pain point. So we we went into the roots. We we studied like some of the Web3 companies like more deeply. And among the companies that we got like really impressed impressed was was Stripe. Like Stripe had the similar problems back in like 2008-9 when they were getting started. And the way they solved it was they actually built like customer demos and they presented to the different applications and this is how the experience is going to look like. So we did the same thing. We built a couple of demos like and eventually like as I said like it worked with Curve. Like they they appreciate the demo and they they say like okay let's get, get forward with the, the integration. So that's how like the first integration happened with us. Apart from it, right, like fundraising and all, all these things were always a problem. But one thing that we were pretty much sure about was that like we won't like just do a token just to raise a fund at this point of time. We were very, very centered on the product and we wanted to make it like a real product business, not just like doing it for, for, for a very short term. What worked for us is like being patient and also just uh, uh, being flexible in terms of product building, right? Like... The first version of product we built was absolutely absolutely garbage. Like it had so many bugs. Also, it did like a really bad job in terms of how it should be integrated. We had to like scrap it out, like throw it in from like dustbin and like build like the next product in a better way. So we were very flexible in general, like where we were hearing the customer feedback very, very carefully and building accordingly. And that's something we still do, right? Like there were many products we have built in the last two, three years where it never made any sense, but we were very, very much in, in talks with the customers and, and getting the feedback and taking it more seriously. Love it. Okay, perfect. So I'm curious, maybe a couple general questions here, just a little bit more step back about the crypto space. I would love to get your thoughts on. First thought or first question here would be maybe, how do you view the state of the crypto space these days from your vantage point as a founder? Where are we at right now? How should people think about the season we're in, given where we've where we've been, right, the past almost two years? Yeah, yeah I think uh, the two, three angles to it, like one is definitely the price angle. I'm probably not the best person to talk about prices, but when it comes to like product or DAP angles, I think I do have some insights overall how we, how, we, how I look at it personally. So the way, the way I see overall the ecosystem is like 2000, 
at least the DAP ecosystem. Because in like 2021 was, I see like more like a alpha experimentation kind of a season where like we we were promising a lot of things from the last like six months, six years, like from 2013 to 2019. There was nothing out there, like no use case, no real application. Whereas like 2021, we, 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 we did see like some of the applications. So it was a period where we, we knew like things worked. Like that was a period of just checking that, okay, whatever we, the entire industry is working on, actually it works or not. Like that was an experimentation period where we, we launched applications like Aave Compound. We, we, we launched like many other different applications. We launched some NFT stuff, but it was like an alpha period. Along with that, like there were also a lot of bad applications, scams, frauds, all this kind of stuff as well. But to conclude everything, what happened the last two years in 2021 was basically that this thing works. It needs, it solves some of the really big problems. It needs improvement. It needs better UX. It needs better scalability. There are all these problems like that, that is still there. But the general conclusion was that and what like we along with like other builders in the last two, two years have been focusing on is that how do we solve those problems? How do we solve for scalability? How do we solve for privacy? How do we solve for like like fees in general? How do we solve for UX? And and where we are getting into in the next like two, three years is more towards making sure those those mistakes that we have done in the last two years not there. And we we like we from alpha we, we reach to a beta version where these applications you know, reach out to more more users out there. It becomes easy, like things don't crash, there's like better security mechanisms, there's better like bridge mechanisms so that's the phase where we're getting into in terms of actual like innovation in terms of new applications i feel honestly like a lot of innovations already happening like in the next two years it, it's more about getting that innovation to work and that's where like we along with other builders are focusing on love it okay awesome i want to dive in on that last point then because I'm, I'm curious on the application side who are some other projects that you think are doing interesting work that maybe fulfill some of the promises of what crypto has been saying it's about for quite some time, right? Like fulfilling the promises of the, of the crypto space. Who would you, who stand out to you as exemplars right now? Uh, I might be biased, but I'll talk about some of the applications who are using us and some of the applications who are not using us. Uh, yeah. But in terms of like actual applications, I feel like uh, a lot of like DeFi option option platforms are actually actually doing like a really good job we've already seen like how things went with like ftx and some of these centralized players like a lot of faith was lost overall in the industry as general in terms of like storing and using these assets and trading these assets but in a very quick turnaround like we have seen like many players emerging in the ecosystem like dydx evo rich etc i think these guys are definitely doing like a really good job overall having like a truly on-chain like for trading platforms that's like more on the trading and speculative side of like use cases where like uh, the ux and also the usability is is happening quite a lot i think on on other side of things like guys like sandbox decentraland i think they also definitely like doing like a good job in general about improving the gaming ecosystem working very closely with animoca branch so i'm also quite bullish on those kind of use cases Apart from it, like uh, the biggest product market fit in the ecosystem, I feel is, is still stable coins. Like that, that's where like I also believe that this there's like a lot of room for stable coins to grow in the future. If you look at Argentina, right, like thirty percent of their like total transactions are powered by USDT, that two like TRC twenty. Uh, that's not like a small number, right, for a for a country like Argentina. So sure. stable coins definitely have a, a role to play, and and I think in the next like cycle, we'll definitely see like more. Legit stable coins emerging and, and like penetrating the real, real real markets. 
Very cool. Super helpful perspective. Maybe two last questions here for you. I'm curious if you could maybe time machine back to to early Anacat and tell yourself, basically give yourself some advice from your current experience, hard one wisdom. What would you want to impart to yourself at the beginning of this journey as a founder that might be oh, valuable for others? Lots of advice. <laughs> but I think <laughs> the biggest advice is just being more patient. Like, so I, I'm a mindset of just getting things done. I, I'm very execution-oriented mindset and want to get like things done you know, very quickly. So had I been more patient about things, I think things, I would have been like in a better mental state. Um, and then... Yeah, I think that's pretty much it. And also, is like be more collaborative. I think in the initial phase, like I was building in a vacuum, but after like a while, I realized that the community angle is like super important in crypto. So, had I been like more collaborative in the first phase, things have would have been like much quicker. Yeah, that's great advice. Okay, so Aniket, maybe last question here for you: What is your team working on right now, and what's the best way for people to follow along on the journey? Yeah, so we we are working on a wallet as a service platform and any, I would say like if there's any developer, any application builder, any founder listening to this podcast and they always think about how do you get more users? How do we simplify the DAP experience overall? You should definitely reach out to us, see some of our demos on our website. Like we are very accessible on Twitter. We are very accessible on, on Telegram. That's byconomy.io. We do have a lot of like videos out there where you'll see like, how the UX kind of tra- transforms from like multiple clicks to one click just using our SDK. So if you want to see like more users coming to your, coming to your application, you want to simplify your UX, just like think about us and we'll help you solving the problems. Awesome. Anika, thank you so much for the time. Really fascinating work you guys have done. And it's, it's awesome to get to peek into the journey so far and talk a little bit about what is to come too. So thanks again and have a great rest of your week here. Thanks Lord, for having me, Tanner. Really enjoyed right, it. Bye-bye. Thank you. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening. If you enjoyed the episode, go ahead and maybe give us a good five-star rating and subscribe wherever you're getting your podcasts so you can get all the latest conversations with the most interesting crypto founders, investors, and builders from across the world. Thanks so much. Have a good one.